talking about Hogwarts houses. We were, we were just in the middle of a conversation about Hogwarts houses. You were and, in the middle uh, of a conversation about I Hogwarts I was encouraging houses. it. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean I feel like we've talked about this on the on the podcast before where yeah. I have a, a ongoing existential crisis about what Hogwarts house I'm in. Um, cuz I always grew it growing up I thought I was a Gryffindor hmm. and then I was like as an adult I was like maybe I'm a Hufflepuff but then I got sorted by Pottermore. And Pottermore told me that I was a Ravenclaw, and now I just don't know what to think. <laughs> well, I and mean, it's, uh, well, it's it's it, it just really maybe sucks. You're divergent. <gasps> no, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> what did they did they kill the divergents? I, that was a series well, that I never well, read. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. There's a lot of there was a lot of dystopian. Uh, I'm 14 years fiction. old, and everyone hates me because I'm different. <laughs> we wouldn't know anything about that. Um, <laughs> Not my favorite, um, I don't know, my favorite dystopian uh, young adult novel. Is is the one that's The Bachelor, but with death? Yes! <laughs> oh my god, it's so great. Uh, Which one is um, this? It's called The Selection Series, the first choosing, of all. as I like to call it. <laughs> and it calls it The Choosing. I have all the books on my phone, and so sometimes when I'm stressed out, I'll just go back and reread them. Um, so I probably read the whole series like two or three times. I get stressed out a lot. Yeah. Um, anyway, there's like five books in the series. I just finished the third book, uh, which was great. Anyway, um, am I really talking about this? Am I really talking about a series that's like really like uh, like almost 10 years old at this point? I mean, talk- if it's something that you've read recently, yeah. and I don't yeah. think we've talked about it on the I podcast. Okay, so, so The Choosing, as Nick calls it, but it's actually called The Selection Series. Um, so the idea is like, in the not so distant future, next Sunday, uh, Nick's, uh, no, the America, America, <laughs> um, has dissolved and is this new country called Ilia, I-, I don't know. And I've only ever read it, so I don't know what, how it's, how it's supposed to be pronounced. Yeah. But anyway, and so in this, in this country, there's a caste system. So like on the bottom, you have the eights who are homeless, seven and like homeless and drug addicts and prostitutes or whatever. Um, the sevens are... Wait, why would you, like, uh, like put, build in homelessness and prostitution into a caste system? Well, I mean... Um, hey, bitch who lives under capitalism, talk to me about, like, I mean, the housing. In order for us to have a housing I, market, we had to have people who are homeless. I, it's I, called, it's, it's called the like, underclass, Nick. It it's, exists. It's a capitalist country. I understand country. that, but I'm just saying, like... I'm pretty There's sure actually, even... it is, no, shush, shush, because you're, the answer is actually, it's answered in the books. Okay. Um, and that is because you had to have an underclass that you can threaten to, to throw people into if they fuck up really mm. bad. If you fuck up bad enough, you could get cast and become an eight. So it, it's the fear class that keeps everybody else in their place. I see. Okay. So just like capitalism. So it's not, it's um, not really a a caste system per se. No, it's not like an Indian caste. Yeah, like yeah, she's, that, she's appropriating. You say caste system and that's what I'm, yeah. Well, it's, I don't know. And this is like, I mean, it's a white lady. So like, what yeah. are you going to expect? But, um, speaking for all white ladies everywhere. Um, so she's using the, yes, Alex, I see you too. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, Anyway, see, damn it, Nicholas, you got me off That's my. Right. Off so track. you were going um, through the different levels. Okay, I was going. I was going through the yeah, levels. So we started at eight. I understand Epsilons. that she's shut up. <laughs> I understand that she's like 
appropriating she's appropriating a word and not using it in the like purest context but okay we'll leave that aside for now um because that's what she calls it in the books so so eight is homeless seven is people who like work outside so like so like construction workers landscapers no 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 (laughs) um like construction workers landscapers whatever uh five no six i had to count um (laughs) six Six is, like, indoor workers, so people, but not, like, managerial staff, so this would be, like, Assembly people line. who do, like, clerical work or people who do, like, bookkeeping or whatever. Um, I don't think it's factory work. Or, like, janitors. It's, mm. like, janitors. So, um, so that's six. So the only blue collars are construction, outdoor yes. people? Yeah. Nobody produces anything. No, no, no. That's, <laughs> it's, we're getting there. Okay. We're getting there. Okay. If you guys would just shut the fuck up All and right. listen to me. <laughs> Okay, five are artists, but not like pop music or like daytime soap opera actors. Like these are like the people like me. Um, so these are people that are like they play violin and you hire them to do your cocktail parties. Or if you've ever been to a wedding where there's a jazz band, it's like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like or like um, people who take wedding photo- uh, photography, people who paint people who whatever the thomas kincaids of the world yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's Our, cast five um actually lobbies the paintings these are the people so, who produce them uh four is factory workers so this is where like i don't understand but like so four is like above so factory workers are in four and somehow that's like above other things well, but it's also them. people who like run restaurants uh people who run hotels by run the hotels, um, you mean like the staff, or do you mean like the managers? Uh, managers. Okay. But like also factory workers are in there. I don't know. It's it's confusing it's and weird. Very weird. Um, threes are like any white color professionals. So this would be like teachers, doctors, lawyers. They're all in three. Oh, farmers are also in four. I think. I think farmers are also in four. Anyway, teachers are in three. Um. Famous people are in two, so that's any models, actors, pop stars, that kind of thing. Uh, and then ones, oh, and the military, the military's in two. And then the ones are like the royal family and diplomats and higher ranking, high ranking government officials. So it's a monarchy? Yeah, it's a monarchy. Okay. It's a monarchy is the government system and then capitalism is the sort of quasi capitalism is the economic system. Okay. Um, so it follows the adventures of America. The girl's name is America. Um, America's singer is, guess what cast she's in? It's the, the, the uh, lobby painting. Yeah, she's in the lobby painting cast. Oh, she's in (laughs) cast number five. Um, so she is like, she plays like violin and is a singer and plays piano. And like her and her whole family are artists. So like her dad's a painter and her mom is... I think also a singer um, and like, so are all of her siblings, but her mom really wants her to like marry up in the cast. Like her older sister did. Her older sister got to caught the eye of like some four who's like a factory worker. And anyway, so, um, so you can marry up. Um, That's a possibility. You can also buy your way up, but like that takes a lot of money and relatively few people can do that. So like, Five, like her brother bought, is in the process of buying his way out of five, um, because he's become re- a really famous sculptor. 
Mm. Um, so he can buy his way into like a three or a two. So, um, but if he does that, does he have to change profession? No, because he's so famous. Okay. But if you marry up, then you have to change profession. Okay. So she's thinking about. Ch- ch- no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm listening. Fine. Stop I'm listening. judging. This is just what I read when I'm stressed. I know. I know. And I'm, you two wanted I'm to just, know about it. No. So now I'm explaining. I'm it. just. I'm just thinking um, it through. I'm just letting the wheels turn. Keep okay. talking. It's fine. So like, um, <laughs> listen. It makes more fucking sense than the Hunger Games. I'm just gonna say that. That's I fair. Mean, that's a robot. <laughs> like, <hold> on. <laughs> so anyway, so um. Uh, so you can marry up, you can marry down, um, or you can buy your way out of whatever, whatever like cast you were born into. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really, really rare and very, very expensive. Um, so does that make sense? Kind okay. of, for the sake of saying, for the sake of going on with the continuity. Okay. Yes. Okay. Let's just so, continue on. <laughs> um, so what happens? You meet America. She's like 16. She wants to marry her boyfriend, but her boyfriend's a lower cast than her because he's like a janitor or something. And um, and she's an artist. So he's like a six and she's a five. It's whatever. Um, it's also like a really super uh, patriarchal society and like definitely has roots in evangelical Christendom uh, because there's like lots of laws about like you have to stay a virgin, virgin until you get married and like a bunch of other like lots and lots of and it's and, yeah. and he can't marry up it's only she can marry she up. can yeah she can marry up or okay. you know you can you, anybody can marry down um but it's always the men's position but it's the that men's decided. position okay. so your caste is inherited through your father so mm-hmm. but here's a question let's say if you do marry up and you marry into the the art cast do yeah. you then have to figure out like like, what if you're, like, you know, you're 20 years old and you, like, never, like... I know, right? completely untalented and You everything? draw stick figures You gotta now. figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> but because... I think because it goes through the men, it's, like... Is if the, you're a woman, you just would just become a housewife. Oh, okay. because Because your your cast is always inherited through your father. Oh, okay. Because um, it's a super patriarchal society. So this is, this is like, future America. Yeah, this is future America. So That's how, totally unrelated uh, to current America right. in the least. So how does how does race play into it? Because you can't have a uh, story. It doesn't, because it was written by a white lady. Okay. <laughs> like, to Der Schmitty. Um. <laughs> I don't see color. <laughs> like, no. Which just means that all my characters are white. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's, like, a handful of characters that were, like, implied to be black. Only one character is, like, explicitly stated as Asian. Um, But it's, like, a blink and you'll miss it. It's so fucking weird. Anyway, it's... Shut up about race. No, I'm just kidding. But, like... (laughs) Stop asking... Stop asking pertinent questions about the construction of this world. And let me have this. Do they they Um, explain how the world got to this state? um, They give you, like, glimpses. So this... It's because it's written through the point of view. And this is one thing that I do like about it. It's... Everything's written through the point of view of of America. Mm -hmm. And she's not, like, a chosen one. She doesn't have, like... Lots of fucking knowledge. So you kind of get glimpses of how basically Trump comes to power and the world goes to shit. But it's like somebody who's smarter than Trump. So like figures out a way to like really revamp the entire country in mm-hmm. in his image. But like with those kind of ideas. And then becomes king. And then becomes king. Um, so like this a- like happened like two or three generations ago. Okay. And the um, rest of the world was just like, yeah, okay. 
Yeah, like the rest of the world was like, yeah, we're not going to fuck with America. But like, it's <laughs> it's definitely like Italy is referenced. Um, China ends up becoming New Asia. And there's like this. What? <laughs> there's like a huge like trade federation kind of thing going on. And it's like, but it's like, because it's it's written from the point of view of a 16 year old. That's kind of like the limited I don't of politics care about that you politics. get. I don't care about politics. I just want to fuck my boyfriend. Like, <laughs> yes. Um, yes, girl. Yes. Okay. So, God, I can't believe I'm explaining this book series that's like 10 years old. It's so bad. And I wish I could say that I read it as a teenager, but that's such a fucking lie. Like, I read it as a 20-something. Um, anyway, so basically, there's a selection, um, which is... The country does the bachelor okay. <laughs> to figure out who the new princess will be, um, who who the prince is going to marry. Um, so is there like, like it's a random sorry. selection? What is is there like a nobility class too? Like you mentioned, Ooh. there's a monarch. Is there like yeah? Other... The nobility class is one. Okay, so, so that's like the, the top tier cast. Okay, so not just like the royal family, but, but like all dukes nobility and yeah. lords and yeah. shit and. Yes. All of fake, all that shit. all of New Trump's cronies all that got, yeah yeah, yeah. Like, all of New Trump's I'm co- the yeah. Duke of 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 uh, Detroit Burbank yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah the Duke of Detroit yeah uh, so that that shit totally that happened like a really depressing movie that Casey <laughs> Affleck would star in right the Duke of Detroit <laughs> the Duke of Detroit <laughs> it'd be like it'd be like Manchester by the Sea but <laughs> not in Manchester or by the Sea. And just like gazing longingly out of the Great Lakes. Um, He'd still have the Boston accent. (laughs) For like some reason. Man, Detroit's wicked poor, yo. (laughs) Everybody else is like, oh, don't you know? My Casey Affleck impression. I hope you enjoyed it. It was great. It was beautiful. Um, So they decide to have The Bachelor to figure out who the next princess is going to be. America gets selected to be one of the bachelor contestants she ends up breaking up with her boyfriends um who come back who comes back later as like a palace guard and that becomes a whole so there's like a triangle so there has to be a love triangle in these sort of things um wait i thought the military was two how did he get from yeah so he because there's a draft and if you're above a certain class you can basically buy your way out of it i know this is like so weird it has like no parallels to our normal Uh, functioning society but it's a really great way for like sixes and sevens and fives to jump a few casts up to the military so there's a draft and there's a military are there also cap uh, like imperialist colonial wars that yeah okay. yeah and there's like rebellions and things too okay. going on um they're like constantly fighting to keep like it's it like like the whole thing can fall apart at any moment Sounds like it. Um, you know, <laughs> like I said, <laughs> no, you know, no correlations to current times. Um, anyway, so she ends up on basically like their version of The Bachelor, but The Bachelor is the prince. Um, and then they like, he has to like eliminate girls. And do you want me to just spoil it for you? She wins and oh, she no. gets to be the princess, but not before like all of these other things happen. Um, and she ends up, like, finding her own inner strength to speak out against the injustices that she sees. And, like, that's cool. And, you know, and it's, but it's, it's not like, it's not like Katniss where they're like, we're going to turn you into a symbol and you're going to deal. Like, she expresses a lot of her own agency, mm-hmm. which I really appreciate. And she, like, it's, it's not like she's the chosen one. It's, you know, she, she sees. She is a into- chosen one. 
she, by lottery. Take, well, yeah. So she gets chosen by <laughs> She's the lottery. The selected one. <laughs> the choosing. But like, you find out later. It's supposed to be a lottery, and then you find out later, like that's just a lie that they tell the public to like make it seem like any girl could be it. But really, like they hand select like forty girls, and like these are the forty girls that. So you know. you're saying the American dream is uh, not real? Yeah. Not anyone <laughs> can just be president. Or yeah, yeah. CEO. Not anybody gets to be princess. No. Um. How how could I ever, how could I ever live with now that my dreams have been shattered? I know. I know, right? <laughs> um. So yeah, so she gets to become the princess, but like. Uh, like unlike so unlike Katniss it's not like she has to kill a bunch of people and like it's not like she's forced into becoming a symbol it's like everything that she chooses it's she chooses to do these things and she chooses to like speak out against injustice and she chooses and so I think because of that I really like it and it's also like I don't know it just I like it shut up she gets in front of the cameras and says i'm not here to make friends <laughs> no but there is a bitch that basically does that which is great great um well that's weird because it was a friend making competition yeah. <laughs> you have lost sufficiently oh, um that's good yeah it's meow meow beans it's meow meow. <laughs> uh but yeah, so it's not like it's not like super dystopian. Um it's like just dystopian enough that you're like, huh, you know, this could never happen, right? <laughs> it couldn't happen here. Yeah. It can't happen here. Yeah. Um oh, also that's... like the cover art is just a bunch of teenage girls in like gigantic ass dresses and it's great. <laughs> well, that's interesting. It's a unique thing I hadn't heard of before <laughs> <laughs> and will never read thank you <laughs> not my thing that's fair that's fair all right well that's it that's what i got that's what you got, that's what you got. i mean i read a bunch of other things but we can talk about that I mean, later yeah i mean i've, I've... But just since we like it started making fun of me yep and the things that i do when i'm stressed <laughs> I've learned a very valuable lesson about not using your coping skills and not sharing those coping skills with others. What have you learned this podcast, Nicholas? Well, we were only 20 minutes in. Yeah, I know. There's plenty of time for more life lessons. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck both of you. In fairness, I've made fun of this like well before this podcast. Oh, yeah, no. (laughs) I think like when I first started reading them, you were were making fun of me because I read like the entire series. Or no, I read the trilogy. So it's a trilogy, and then it's a a sequel and the sequel sequel. Um, and then there's the alternate universe stories. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Actually, though, there's a collection of short stories. They're not alternate universe, but there is like a collection of short stories that goes with the books as well. When does JoJo um, come into it? <laughs> Shut up. Um, where was I going to do this anyway? So like, I had like bought, I bought the series on my my Nook app on my phone and i think i read the entire series in like a weekend yeah you did um like i didn't do anything like i laid in bed and I read. <laughs> whoops well did it help as a coping mechanism yeah no like i was super stressed out and it was nice to just like read something that i was really familiar with and i knew made me happy um and it was yeah like yeah. it was nice it was calming there's a lot of like dress porn in there because they talk about like all the outfits that she gets to wear and that's pretty cool i mean that's yeah. great because that's like me and Nichiju. It's like yeah. when you're stressed, you know, just watch something you like and yeah. it makes you happy. Yeah. 
So yeah. What, what do you watch when you're or read when you stretch? I don't know. No? I'm trying to think of like. Uh, probably mostly play video games, I guess, which is what mm-hmm. I've been doing in the few hours that I have mm-hmm. in in between all of the other stuff that I've been doing. Like I've been working super hard mm-hmm. last few weeks, and so. Today was like the first day I was able to just come home and not have to worry about a whole lot. So I sat down and I played a game that I just got because um, it is free this month on PlayStation Network. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Neo. And I've been waiting a long time to play that game. Have you heard of Neo? Mm, vaguely, but uh, explain it. Maybe okay. it'll come to me. So it's a Souls-like. Yeah, I'm back on this shit. <laughs> Uh, um, but it's, it's, Lord help us! He's back on his bullshit. He's back on my bullshit. Um, I don't. I barely started it. Like I, I played like maybe the first like couple hours. I've gotten through like the first like three or so like bonfires. If we're thinking about it as a Souls game, it is very different from most other Souls likes. Um, purely because it has a story mm-hmm. and you have your character who you play as. Mm-hmm. Um, which most dark, like most souls games, it's like, it's got very little, like the story is just kind of hinted at sort of, and you get to make your own characters. Um, but with this one, uh, oh yeah, would you pump that just a little bit? Um, I'm not pumping it too much. Remember, I'm I'm barely, I'm, no, you're not. It's, (laughs) it's fine. Look at my levels versus your levels. They they come out the same. Look at my levels! (laughs) Are we going to cut that out? No. Uh, No. Okay. Um, and that thing, we, we might cut that, that no, ding No, keep out. it live. Just, just don't, <laughs> don't, don't acknowledge, acknowledge it. it. All right. Um, so it, Neo is a Souls-like game made by a different company. So it's not made by FromSoft. Um, and you have a single character who has his story. And it's kind of a... It's not really what I... Like, I knew it was about a Western guy, like a European guy who mm-hmm. winds up in Japan. Okay. And that's all I really knew about it. Um, and I started it up, and it was like, England, 1598. And I was like, excuse me? Uh, so basically, the premise of the game is that Queen Elizabeth hires a whole bunch of pirates mm-hmm. to go find the Philosopher's Stone. Okay. Uh, and they do. Oh, good. And they use the Philosopher's Stone to beat the Spanish Armada. Is that how that worked? That's how that worked. And then all of the pirates got arrested so that no one could know the secret. The secret of the Philosopher's Stone. The secret of the Philosopher's Stone, Mm -hmm. yeah. And so you're playing as one of those pirates. um, And you're like, the game starts up and you're at the bottom of the Tower of London. And then your spirit waifu comes through the walls and helps you break out. It is bizarre. Because our guy, like, the the main character looks a lot like uh, Geralt from the Witcher games. Like, you know, white European looking motherfucker with, like, blonde hair. Mm -hmm. And this character comes through and she is a spirit. She is described as your guardian spirit. And she looks like something out of an entirely different game like she's got like bright colors and like huge anime eyes <laughs> and it's like what the fuck is this <laughs> and that's kind i of think been... i think i saw it advertised when it was like first announced yeah so, yeah um but basically it's they're gonna execute you mm-hmm. and your your spirit guide comes to like break you out 
and you find out that there's like these secret alchemists in the English government. As opposed to those not secret and alchemists. Yeah, as opposed to the not secret ones like John D. Mm-hmm. But this one wants to like, oh, Queen Elizabeth only sees these things as valuable as, as gold. Like we could do whatever we wanted with these stones. Because apparently there's a whole lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's weird because it starts off with a quote from... Uh, from a quote from Marco Polo's, like, voyages. Yeah. Uh, about, like, the how the Japanese beat off Kubla Khan with, uh, uh, with what they refer to as, like, sacred stones or, like, miracle stones or something like that. So I think that's where they got the idea, is, like, there's all these stones, there's all these philosopher's stones in Japan that can do basically anything. And so the main character, like, escapes from the Tower of London and gets on a boat. And then two years later, he winds up in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of where the game proper starts off. So, like, the the pre the prologue is you escaping from the Tower of London. And then there's, like, a little bit of a some cut scenes. And then you wind up in Japan. And that's basically as far as I've gotten. Um, and it's strange... And it's very Souls-like, but then there's, like, lots of little cutesy elements to it, too. Like, it's this grim, dark world, but then it's, like, the bonfires are little Kodama shrines. And you find little Kodamas, like, wandering around in the world, and you point them to the shrines. And so it gets more populated with Kodama the, the further along <laughs> you go in the game. And they, like, do things for you, and they have these, like, cute little animations. And you have a guardian spirit who, like, and you can choose the form that the spirit takes in it gives you different um, special attacks. But it shows up and it looks like something from fucking, like, uh, Okami. Like, it's all cel-shaded and brightly colored. Mm -hmm. In fact, one of them looks exactly like Okami. Like, it's a white wolf on fire. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, all right. Sounds interesting. It is. It's very interesting. I'm kind of interested in seeing where the story goes because... It's not, I, I didn't expect to be escaping from the Tower of London in like the first five minutes. And it looks like they model it off the Tower of London. It looks exactly like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the first armor set that you find is like a Beefeater outfit. <laughs> and there's some knights you can fight. And like, so you can get some like plate mail if you really want to take some time. All that stuff goes away by the time you get to Japan, which I'm a little upset by because I really wanted to run around in the Beefeater outfit in Japan. <laughs> um but that that they they take that stuff away as soon as you get there um so that's that's some of what i've been doing i'm also like i've got like two more achievements left to get in control Mm -hmm. um so i've been trying to work on that um and then the uh first dlc i think is coming out early next year so i'll probably really dive back into that game when it comes out uh, and apparently they have confirmed that the second DLC is going to be wrapping up the Alan Wake story. So I might go back and play cause I never, I never actually beat Alan Wake. So I might go back and like actually try to beat that game. Um, but we'll see. Okay. Yeah. I was actually looking at my steam library and I was thinking I should play that Alan Wake. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't, um, we, if we both played it, we could talk about it. On that is true. If we both did play it, we could both talk about it. Um, oh, and not something I've played yet, but Death Stranding comes out 
the day after this podcast. Oh, really? Released. Yeah. <laughs> I pre-ordered it, so I'm like, it, it is sitting in my PlayStation, um, like, to be downloaded, and there's, like, a little countdown on there, and it's like, <laughs> uh, uh! I didn't realize it was that close. Oh, yeah. It's coming out on the 8th. Goodness. Yeah. I am... The, the release trailer came out, and I watched it twice this morning, uh, once with Elise. What did you think about it, Elise? What the fuck was going on? <laughs> I don't know. Like, and there I was, like, a baby yeah. in a test tube. Mm-hmm. And it's there baby. was, like, yeah. the president yeah. in the Oval Office dying mm-hmm. of cancer. Yeah. But then it's a very subtle it metaphor. wasn't really the Oval Office. There was, like, a, yeah, it looks, it's like it's a hologram or like, something. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what time it is. I don't know why these all these big-name actors are there. It makes... No goddamn sense. Well, I can tell you why. The and big- you could sit there and be like, it's a bit, but, and I'll be like, I don't fucking, I don't, I don't know. It's the future and the past. Is it the past? <laughs> There's something with time. There's something weird about time in that game. Yeah. So. That's true. Yeah. In the first trailer, we did get all those like World War One soldiers and World War Two soldiers kind of showing up. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. I will say. It makes no sense. I will say, I can tell you why the big name actors are there. Because Why are the big name actors there? Hideo Kojima um, and Norman Reedus and Guillermo del Toro were going to make another game together for Konami. Silent Hills. Silent Hills. When Silent when uh, Silent Hills was unceremoniously canceled and Kojima was fired from Konami. Dun, and, dun, dun. and so they were just like, fine, well, we're just going to make our own video game with time travel and babies. Did you... Watch, there's a there's a YouTube-based podcast called The Great Debate. It's spelled like greats. It's mm-hmm. mostly talking, it's about, it's like a Silent Hill podcast. Okay. Um, and they were doing like a kind of investigative journalist kind of thing into PT. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know, I, I might have sent it to you. I don't know if you actually got a chance so. to walk it. Um, but basically, they were talking about how... There, there, there's a lot of suspicions amongst what they, you know, what they were able to uncover that Kojima knew that he was going to get fired when PT was released, mm. and that that's why like the PT that we actually played is so much different from the trailer that got shown. Yeah, and like what what had happened, why he changed up is because he was dropping hints about, about Death Stranding. About well, not about Death Stranding, but about the fact that you know. Konami was going to release, uh, was going to cut him. Interesting. And so I'll I'll send that to you when I get back downstairs, and I'll you know if you have the time to listen to that. I probably won't have the time for that tonight, but I'll check it out when I can't do have the time. Yeah, it's it's like a video podcast, so you don't really need to watch it. You yeah. just kind of have it on in the background. I need this three hundred dollar gold dress. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Let me see. Were you? <laughs> I'm sorry. Were you two talking about video games or something? Yes. That is a nice dress. It's three hundred dollars. It is three hundred dollars. Yes. I want that dress. Okay. It's three hundred dollars. That, that's three hundred dollars. You know what? Shut your whore mouth. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is really great fodder for a podcast. Is me like looking through my Facebook and seeing an ad and being like, I want that. <laughs> that's for what? I don't know the the, the additions to the cast. Um, like because we knew from the beginning that it was going to be. Guillermo del Toro and um, Mads Mikkelsen. And Matt, well, Mads Mikkelsen. I don't. I think Mads Mikkelsen came in in the second trailer, didn't he? Yeah. 
But like Norman Reedus and Guillermo del Toro, we knew we were in from the beginning. And then it was like, oh shit, Mads Mikkelsen is in here. But I think the ones that like surprised me the most was like Nicholas Wending Refn and um, um, who's the other one where I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, it might have just been him. I, I don't know. I, I haven't watched any of the trailers in a while, so. But like, he's the guy who directed Drive. Like he's a movie director, gotcha. <laughs> like, well, I guess well, Guillermo del Toro is too. Yeah, but, yeah. but like, I don't know. He's like he directed Drive and Only God Forgives and The Neon Demon, just like all these like weird little art house movies that I'm sure Kojima probably fucking loves. <laughs> but I don't know. It, well, they have been talking about making movies now, so yeah. And it would make sense considering the rumors that there's going to be an hour-long cutscene in that game. I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to it. What? Yeah. yeah. I mean, but he holds the record for the previous longest video game cutscene with, I think it was Metal Gear Solid Four. I think it was four. One yeah. That was like forty minutes. Something yeah. Like that. I think so. At the end there. Um. Yeah. That 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 ending of Metal Gear Solid Four lasted for fucking ever, which is why one of the reasons why I've only played that game through once. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas all the so, other ones I've played through many times. So at what point do you stop making video games with long-ass cutscenes and start making, like, interactive movies? movies? Yeah, just movies yeah. with, like, little bits like, of interaction like in them. Like, choose your own adventure movies. I don't know. I feel like that would be a step back for Kojima, honestly. Because, I mean, that'd be, like... They'd be, like, the... the what is it? The Bandersnatch thing yeah. that they did on Netflix a while back. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that... that that bridge has already been crossed, you know? Yeah. But then imagine that, but done by Kojima. No, I'm just imagining the next thing that Kojima is going to invent <laughs> to get what he actually wants done he, across. He, he beams subtle images into your brain from your TV. <laughs> and then, like, most of the time you think they're fine, and then every once in a while it's like, are you a problematic person? <laughs> and then you just kind of look at all the other stuff that he makes, and you're like, eh, that's fine. It's probably fun. Yeah. <laughs> so that sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about oh, on the yes. next podcast. I am very excited. I am excited to hear about it. Um, it is coming out for PC, but not until next year. So I, 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 I mean, I'm not I'm not that kind of a gamer. I guess mm-hmm. if you would call me even a gamer, <laughs> uh, but it's weird. It sounds like it's going to be fun to listen about, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, from what I've been hearing from the uh, from the reviews, it's like no one can agree on how long this game is, <laughs> which is it's very exciting because it means that it's as long as you want it to be. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's what I've been working on. All right. Well. I went to a convention. Yeah, and Elise also went to the same convention. I went to the same convention. Yeah, we went to a convention. And I was working. We went to NecoCon. And we talked, and we we did some stuff there. Uh, we saw some panels. Yeah, we saw, like, a really interesting panel about um, hell in Japanese culture. Yeah. Um, and ideas of hell, and that was fun. And then I got to go walk around the artist alley, which is always my favorite part. Mm-hmm. Of any convention, and we went to the dealer's room, and then saw some cosplayers, and then I had to go home. Um, but it was fun. Yeah, I hadn't been to an anime convention in years. Yeah, and it makes me like really. It kind of like whetted my appetite and made me want to like 
go back and and get back into going to conventions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I ever like want to work for a convention again because mm-hmm. um, I worked for conventions for like ten years, <laughs> twelve years. But as know. as just like, like a, a guest. stupid as amount just of like time, a visitor, you no. know? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, like, as a guest, like, being able to just, like, walk around and go do things and, like, you know, see cosplayers. I think that's, like, kind of my, like, cosplaying and Artist Alley are, like, my mm-hmm. two favorite parts of any convention. Um, and if I could just do those things, I think I'd be really happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, my, yeah. Yeah, my favorite part of the convention is always the panels. And I yeah. think that's, that might be because, like, I went to NecoCon and... NecoCon always has seems to always have pretty good panels. Yeah. Like, like the one we went to was by uh, Charles Dunbar, who yeah. was like kind of on call for this convention, and I think he's like a professor at uh, University of New York. Um, but he's like known, like but he's, he's known, known in yeah. the and at least on the East Coast mm-hmm. for being like a part of the anime convention circuit yeah. as far as yeah. yeah. Um, so it was it was really interesting. It struck like that really nice. Like I think. I think panels at conventions either get too, if they get too academic, then I think people tune out. Um, or at least I tune out. It's all about what you, you, know. you enjoyed in college. Like, yeah. did you like lectures or did you not like lectures? And, I, and we had this whole yeah. conversation in the car. <laughs> um, and I guess we'll recreate it for the podcast. Yeah. But like, I went to, I went to a private liberal arts college cause I'm a huge nerd. And um, my college, like I think a lot of other private liberal arts colleges, wasn't big on lectures. Like I, the largest class I had was 50 people. Um, I probably only had like three truly lecture style, three or four truly lecture style classes. Like most classes were a seminar setup. So Mm -hmm. it was like, you do the reading, you come in, you be prepared to discuss. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really enjoyed about college. Mm-hmm. I was also a theater major, so I had like very skewed perspective on what college was. <laughs> At one point, we talked our professor out of giving us like a research paper, and we're like, "What if we did a short research paper and like a creative project?" And yeah, um, theater school is bullshit. Nobody ever like don't do it. It's a trap. <laughs> yeah. Where fucking art school. Whereas anyway. for me, like. I didn't have. But a you lot were a history of, major. I was a history was, major. It was very, at like very a, different experience. At like a, I, I guess it was a state liberal arts yeah. college. Yeah. So, but it's. Um, I didn't have a lot of big lecture classes because I went to a community college first for my first couple of years, and then I went to yeah. the university. Um, so like I didn't get that experience of like you have fifty people, you have a hundred people in a giant room, and I honestly I think you're right. I think that most universities yeah. kind of tried to stay away from that, but the. Well, the sit down and like talk about it, like the the roundhouse kind of yeah. thing. There were maybe like one or two courses that I took that were like that, whereas most of them were like a lecture with like discussion at the end, and and yeah. it was usually a it was like class, but it was all stuff that I wanted to do because right know, it was you know I'm taking the history of of East Asia from you know ancient times to the Chinese Civil War. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah, I, I'm down for that. I'm listening to a person that's, um, you know, expert in their field about what they are interested in, and I'm interested in it too. And so that's kind of where I came into it from, and I started yeah. off with Charles Dunbar talking about stuff that he's clearly interested in and knows about, and I, you know, found interesting. And so that's where it kind of got to there too. But if it's not something that you're really used to or something that you yeah. really enjoyed, then maybe it's not your thing. 
Yeah. Uh, how about you, Nick? What are, what are your thoughts? Um, I don't know. I... I think, you, I think like, you went to the largest school out of the three of us. Yes. So I'm fine with it, but I I don't know. A lot of the the, col- the like big lecture classes, I didn't have to take that many of them. Mm. Like it was mostly just gen ed stuff. Um, but yeah, I've taken classes with like 300 people in a lecture hall. You yeah. Know what I mean? mm-hmm. um, Where like the professor doesn't know your name and doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I... It's not my favorite, but I don't mind. If it's, like, an interesting topic, I'll sit down and listen and just, like, oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah. But this one, you know, this one that we went to together was on Japanese conceptions of hell. And uh, according to, like, Buddhist kind of afterlife. Um, And it was kind of interesting. And there was a couple of shows that were, like, recommended like yeah uh, that i actually checked out one of them yeah um which i'm pulling up on my tablet here the name of it which is uh hozuki's cool-headedness mm-hmm. which is the one that he described as like king of the hill if it was set in japanese hell yeah it <laughs> uh, <laughs> sounds amazing i don't know how close to that it is because i'm not as familiar with king of the hill but it's like a workplace comedy mm-hmm. yeah um, with uh Hozuki, which is like one of the lieutenants of King Enma, which is like a figure that judges people in hell. And it, it's like all of these different people, these different like figures that showed up, like yeah. the, the one that undresses people with the tree before you have to cross the river. Yeah. Like that character shows up and and there's a whole thing. So, you know, it's, it's on, it's on Crunchyroll. I was checking out the first couple yeah. episodes. Uh, but yeah, King of the Hill set in Japanese hell. King of the hell. King of the hell. King of the hell. Um... So, payment. <laughs> but yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, cosplays are, are good and all. Um, I don't have a camera that I can easily transport yeah. with me to take pictures of people's cosplay. So, yeah, you know, I feel like a little weird just staring at people like that. But yeah. it's a convention. Um, and yeah, the artist alley and the, the dealer's room are always fun, too. Yeah. Uh, try to take back some stuff. I got a nice little pillow with a cute yeah. little cat on it. Yeah. Um, and get little gifts from my friends. Do you do you see your experiences from college translating to either a love or hatred of panels at conventions? Not really. I don't know. I'm always kind of neutral on the the panel. Like if it's something that I'm really interested in, I'll go check it out. But I don't feel the need to like go to a, like constantly be at a panel. Mm. Um, I'm I'm kind of like part way in between it. Like I'll. I'll, they'll usually be like, you know, three or four panels or I'm like, oh, that sounds really interesting and I want to go check that out. And then like the rest of the time I'm good with just walking around and looking yeah. at the cosplayers and, you know, checking out the dealer's room, spending too much money. <laughs> um, I don't know. That, I'm, so, yeah, I could easily go one way or the other. It's just kind of whatever's happening. Yeah. yeah. No, we got the whole range. Then. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And you picked up some manga, too? Yeah. So I picked up um, a series that I haven't read yet, uh, which is called Unmagical Girl. Um, oh, yeah. I'm just going to read the back. I haven't had a chance to read this one, but um, I was really, like, intrigued by the concept. And uh, I immediately picked this one up and from, like, the the wall of cheap manga. <laughs> so Pretty Angel Near Brave. Great name. Uh, was once the spirited magical girl heroine of a cult TV show. But when an anime director's computer goes on the fritz, it brings pretty Angel Nebrave out of the screen and into our world. 
With bills and bullies to face, it'll take more than a sparkly transformation and a frilly skirt to get by in real life. And I was just like, yeah, I feel like this. And the like, the art on the cover, I'm not sure if it translates to the art in the actual thing, but it's like photorealistic background with like yeah. with like this super stylized <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I, I didn't see that. Yeah. So it's so I immediately picked up like volumes one and two. I was pretty excited about it. Um, just because I love the idea of like Sailor Moon having to pay bills. Mm. <laughs> um and I like that she's not in high school. It's like, no, she's gonna have to be like a fucking 20-something, uh, trying to bust her ass and, like, make it happen. Um, so I, I, I just, I love that concept and bought that. But what I ended up actually reading was the other series that I picked up called, um, oh, God. <laughs> Did you leave it over there? And I left it, it, like, yeah, so now I have to, like, fill in the time as Alex very graciously, like, gets up and, like, goes and gets my bonka for me. <laughs> Uh, this is kind of embarrassing. Okay, so this is, it's called How to Treat Magical Beast, Mine and Master's Medical Journal, which sounds kind of sexy, but it's not. Um, <laughs> Are you sure? I am sure. Have you well, she's like 13 and he's it's, like clearly in his 30s. That doesn't. I know it doesn't mean anything in, in, in manga land. I've read enough manga. Uh, we've all read enough Lovelace, way. okay, to, to know where that story goes. Um... But anyway, so it's about, like, a girl who's a sorceress. Um, she, so the idea is, like, magic is kind of fading out of society um, as people make more and more, like, scientific advancements. Um, and so she's, like, a witch or a sorceress, and she has been, like, and her family's been witches for generations, um, which is really cool. And she's been apprenticed to a veterinarian. Mm-hmm. And in the course of like taking care of the villages, like horses and cows and cats and dogs, they also now had to take care of like the Kelpie that lives in the river or like, you know, like various magical creatures that they come across. Um, so they're like developing a, so I guess like the idea is like they're developing a, like a medical journal to also for how to work with um, magical creatures, which is pretty neat. And so I tore through, so let's see, I went to the convention on Saturday. This is really embarrassing. I went to the convention on Saturday. Sunday, I like tore through both volumes and then bought the third one off of Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) Like immediately went and tried to find like how many volumes of this manga are there. So there's three that are out and then the fourth one's coming out on Christmas Eve. Um, So I've already dropped a significant number of hits to my significant other. (laughs) <laughs> that I want volume four. Um, but I like went ahead and bought volume three. <laughs> and I got like the Amazon Prime. So it came like Monday. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. Oh, like like what you like. I mean, yeah, like I like, you know, you like what you like. You like the things that, you know, are. But it's just it's just it's fun and comforting and it's yeah. nice. And, you know. I don't know. It's just it's just a nice manga series. You know, you just want to read about like a girl figuring out how to help the town Kelpie. I mean, I'd read it. If, actually, yeah. can I borrow it? To... Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm on number three, so you mm-hmm. can borrow one and two. Sure thing. Um, so yeah, it's it's like a nice it's a nice comfort read. So I highly recommend uh, How to Treat Magical Beast, Mine and Masters Medical Journal. Um, it's all three volumes are on Amazon. You can also pre-order the fourth volume. So if that's what you're into, um, 
highly recommend. Sure. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I don't know, it's cool. Um, they've clearly put like a lot of thought into like what the role of magic plays. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like haphazardly thrown together. Like there's a very like there's a lot of like really cool word world building that's done in this series. So mm-hmm. it definitely makes sense. It's not like, you know, wizarding Czechoslovakia. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Oh, I I'd, I'd, I'd be down to read that. I'd be down cool. to check it out. How many JoJo cosplayers did you all see this weekend? I don't think I saw any. I don't believe you. There were a few. Maybe I like didn't recognize them, or maybe like I just didn't. There were. I think it was on. I think it was on Sun, sun Saturday. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I think it was on Saturday. There were a few, but no Friday rather. Friday. Friday. Okay. Yeah. I think Friday there were a few, but it wasn't like. Dude, you know what? There was a shit ton of. What? Um, oh. Hiroaka. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You told me that. Yeah, there was a lot well, it of just Hiroaka. Came back. Yeah. Yeah. Did. Um, we have still haven't seen the latest episode. Mm-hmm. Um, no, we still. Yeah. I'm you... trying to think. Like, what else was there? Like, there I... wasn't like a defining theme this year. Like in previous, like last year, there was a lot of um. Oh god, what's her name? Bowsette. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, obviously. But this year there wasn't Last like. Year was the year of Bowser. Yeah, but this year there wasn't like a, a single like theme, theme. Like this is where all like everybody is. Waluigi. Waluigi. <laughs> no. Waluigi puts on the crown and transforms into Waluigi. Waluigi <laughs> is already beautiful. Aww. <laughs> there, I think I think um, there was one Waluigi, but. Wow. There was also like. A number of there's a lot of schoolgirls that I didn't recognize. Mm. Yeah, there's I there's like a, a small contingent of Persona Five. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think you know what I was kind of disappointed at what? was like just the lack of like Lolita fashion. There was a, there was like a handful, but I didn't see a lot of people. There was actually a person that came from Japan that's like a fashion designer for Lolita style. Oh, nice! And she was like hosting a um, tea party on Sunday. Oh, damn! And I wish so I, could have I think to there that. were people that were were in their Lolita stuff and went to that. Mm. Okay, um, that would make sense. Because mm-hmm. like I ran into like Artist Alley, like I ran into like a couple of girls <laughs> that were dressed in like Lolita wear, but not. A lot. And then that made me like, oh, I wish I had a better like convention outfit <laughs> that I could dress up in. But yeah. Do y'all remember the early 2000s when like Love Hina was at its highest point oh, of popularity? Jesus. And so just a pink towel wrapped around yeah, yeah, yeah. could be It was like that <laughs> and like a Tokyo, like people would get like a red um, hoodie and like write Tokyo U on it and be like, I'm one of the low he- Love Hina girls. And it was just. <laughs> Man, the the early 2000s was, like, a wild time to be into, like, anime and into, like, going to conventions. Yeah, yeah. I've heard the stories. There was, yeah, I've heard you the were story, a little younger. The glomping, oh my the God. yaoi paddles. There was no such thing as fucking consent. No. Um, yeah, yaoi paddles was a thing. Just... I remember the Jesus, glomping. I, yeah. like, I vaguely remember the yaoi panel. How do you not? And I think how do you we not watched, remember? We watched the video about yaoi panel yeah. paddles. Yeah. And I think that what happened is that what they I got to was. their highest point. 
just around the time that I stopped going to convention. Oh, okay. I think that's what it was. It's like we crossed like ships in ships the night. Ships in the night. <laughs> like, you know what, though? I saw the yaoi panels and I was like, you know what? I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. Like, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. No, there was like, we also like, I mean, I, Hitalia. Oh, God. Was yeah. like a thing. Anyway. I God. Ha- oh, all... God. Hitalia. Listen. I fucking hate that shit. Like, uh, I've hated, I hated that in high school and I hate it now. Um, <sighs> but yeah, like there was a lot, like, I don't know, like the mid, the early to mid two thousands was a wild fucking time, uh, for anime, for anime fans, yaoi, the yaoi paddles, a lot of, um, Jesus. Haruhi Suzumiya. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, all God, the FF10. Haruhi. I remember going yeah. to, um, I remember going to Katsukon, mm-hmm. uh, which is always held in like. It's held in D.C. or in the D.C. area. It's always held President's Day weekend. So it's cold <laughs> as shit. Like, it's fucking freezing. And you will still see people in, like, Final Fantasy X cosplay. <laughs> Are we talking uh, like, Lulu or are we talking uh, Riku? Not which Riku, which, which is the one that wears, like, the yellow bikini. Oh, yeah. Um, that's Is that Riku? I can't remember. It's yeah. been a long-ass time. Since but listen, so it's, like, the girls in the yellow bikinis, and you see them running around, and, and it, you're just like, what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, you, look at your life. Like, look at your choices. Like, I was, and, <laughs> I was freezing in that convention, like, on Friday. Yeah. Like, like Saturday when, or when, when we were together, like I got wised up. I was wearing like fucking fleece line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you had like several layers yeah. on. Because on Friday, what had happened is I was wearing like my sailor dress and like a light cardigan and like knee highs. And that was not enough. I was <laughs> shivering yeah. cold. Yeah. And I don't know how they were doing it, but like you say, there were people walking around and. So know, like. You gotta imagine, and then for a while, cats. This was like more in the early twenty teens, mm-hmm. late two thousands, early twenty teens. Katsukon eventually gets moved to the National Harbor, mm-hmm. um, where it's been for like a longest time, um, for like a decade at this point. And um, if you've ever been to the National Harbor, like it is right on the water. Like the the hotel center where it's held is right on the fucking water, and it is like no shit like 10 degrees it is like 15 degrees and you will see these girls walk from like the fucking marriott across the street to the gaylord and you're just like like more power to them like like yeah. on more the one power hand, it's like them. you don't want to judge other women's choices and like that's wrong but on the other hand it's like you are going to get frostbite like you're gonna lose a tit like that's that's <laughs> not that, i wouldn't say that's like judging them from like a moralistic perspective that's judging them from like a mom perspective yeah, yeah. That's I like... mean, which is like it's me like that's my mo like let's let's be real here because when you say final fantasy 10 cosplay my mind immediately goes to lulu and i'm like well she gives like shows a lot of cleavage but there's also a lot of fur on that cosplay. yeah 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 um, no, it's the, whoever has got the the banana yeah, yellow bikini. That's I'm pretty sure that's. And, I think that her name is Riku. But mm-hmm. Yeah, Lulu. And it's like they they look good. Like yeah. listen, like all they look good. I'm not saying that. Like I'm not slut shaming these girls. Like yeah. that's wrong. But I'm saying like you're freezing. If you're free, put you're on literally a coat free. Put when on you a go from the one coat. place to the <laughs> other, and, and then just, take it off when you get inside. And but like you know, and maybe there needs to be a coat check. 
Yeah, um, for like, these that, like nice. cosplayers, so that way they could like cover them like flashers, like, cover <laughs> themselves up, and then like, all right, I'm here to party. But like, <laughs> but there needs to be like I don't know, and I'm like a dumbass, and I'm I'm saying these things, but like I totally stayed at the Marriott, wore my princess P, oh, no Princess Daisy. I used to do a Princess Daisy cosplay. I wore my Princess Daisy cosplay, and like I just I just sucked it up. Mm-hmm. And like walked my ass over to the <laughs> and like walked from like the Marriott to the Gaylord and you know just just fucking dealt with it. But um but yeah, so I'm not that much better, but mm-hmm. still I wasn't yeah. wearing a bikini in like fifteen degrees. <laughs> <laughs> and the wind, the wind is so yeah. bad because you're right, you're right on the water. But it makes some of the best cosplay photos. Yeah. Um, because there's so much natural light and there's like so many interesting places to take pictures, mm-hmm. so so, More power to them. Yeah. But NecoCon, the one that we went to, um, maybe next year There's you want to no, go. There's like, good places to take photos in NecoCon. There's, I mean, like, there's a fountain out front that I saw yeah. a lot of people doing photos at. Um, there's, like, you know, different kind of, like, urban environments where there's, like, yeah. stair, like emergency exit stairs and things like that. So there's, there's places I, I saw people, to, like... like doing professional photography yet so yeah there, there was some of that going on i guess you'd really have to think about like your your type of cosplay if you want to take mm-hmm. photos or yeah. if you like, if you don't give a shit then you can just wear whatever yeah but um yeah no i definitely i definitely want to go it, it like like i said earlier like it whetted my appetite i kind of want to go back and and do an anime convention or two yeah. i don't know if i want to do like a whole weekend but like i could see like especially going up on like a saturday or something mm-hmm. i think would be fun but yeah since that's always, like, the big day. But. Oh, my God, though. I'm sorry. Can I talk? Like, one more Katsukon memory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know why this just became, like, a Katsukon blog. Like, that's not even the convention that I went to this weekend. Um, but on the It f- hit the nostalgia button, and then it you did, just started going. It did. Yeah. Uh, on Friday nights in Katsukon, um, there is a formal dance. Oh, yeah. Where you have to wear formal attire. Um, otherwise they will turn you away. Yeah, there's one that Neko too. Oh, there is? Yeah, there's oh, like damn. A, a, a I wish I had masquer- gone to that. There's a masquerade, I think is what they call it. Oh, but that's, that's different. Is it? Yeah, masquerade is like people, um, that's like when you see the kids doing the skits. Oh, okay. I um, thought it was like, you know, you have to have a mask and like no, a fancy girl. Oh. No, Um. Well, there, there's, def- there's definitely several dances that took place yeah. there. Yeah, well, there's oh. a rave. Yeah, um, but like besides the rave too. But anyway, yeah. go, go on. Uh, but a f- the formal dance at Katsukon is always really fun because um, you have to you have to wear formal gear. And so like a lot of people wear just like prom dresses or cocktail cha- cocktail attire or tuxes. But then there's like a strong contingent of people who make cosplays just for that dance. And so there's like, I remember there was one guy, he's probably pretty infamous, like famous at this point, but um, he made a, a Totoro tuxedo. Oh. And with a top hat that had the ears on it. Oh. And it's great. And he's also an amazing dancer. Um <laughs> That sounds really cute. And so, yeah, because they play, um, they also only play, like, swing and ballroom dance music. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have to kind of dance in that style, which is really cool. Um, There was, like, 1920s, like, themed Ariel and Ursula. Like, people go all the fuck out um, for the formal dance. And so it's just fun to, like, 
even if you don't dress, it's fun to just kind of like side eye the door, <laughs> like stand out <laughs> the door and see all of the different cosplayers. So highly, what? highly recommend. Yeah, yeah, they at NecoCon. I didn't go this year, but I went uh, previous years. There's a um, God, what's it called? There's a host club that hosts oh, yeah. like the cafe. Yeah. So like they they do made cafe during the day, like for lunch, and then there's like the host club for dinner. Oh, that's um, nice. And the host club does have that kind of dress code requirement. Oh, it's required cool. to be in, in somewhat formal attire. It's, I think it's like one day it's semi formal and the other day it's it's formal. Nice. Um, but yeah, so that would be fun. I would totally mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. Um speaking of dances, I didn't go to any of the dances. I don't yeah. have anyone to dance with. I didn't really see the point. Um but there was a panel I was going to at like midnight to one on um, on gender identity in the Legend of Zelda games, which we some... heard about this because our friends who were staying with us went to the same panel. Mm-hmm. But like, go on. But like, so this was happening at the same time that the rave was happening directly upstairs. So like, there was all these people jumping on the ceiling and this music that was bop, bop, bop. And we like the ceiling looked and felt like it was going to collapse. Like oh, there was God. this shaking and this shuddering and all of the beams. And it's like, the fuck is going to happen? <laughs> I'm going to be here while talking about how Sheik is like a non-binary you know, icon. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. So what what did you hear about it from, from Oh, her? just the same, yeah. same thing. <laughs> about the, about like, the music. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was weird that the, the rave was like upstairs and not... Well, the upstairs is where, like... downstairs? Like, I don't know. I mean, that's where the big room is. Yeah. Because it's, like, the upstairs is, like, where the auditorium kind of is, and they... So it's where the ballroom... Exactly, yeah. yeah. And then underneath that, they have, like, the rooms that you divide up into I always think of raves as, like, being really sketch and, like, hidden in basements. (laughs) Yeah. And, like... That's where the drugs are. That's where all the drugs are. Look, when... Look, You were like, why would I go to a rave? And it's like, because that's where the drugs are. In in another fifty years, when instead of like when when the president of the United States hosts a rave at their <laughs> instead of like a, a ball, yeah, it's gonna be fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so that was that was NecoCon, um, and Nick had to work all weekend. Nick had to work all weekend, us. but we did take some time on Halloween to watch some movies. To watch some movies, and since Woo! we've watched a few more Indeed movies, Indeed we have. So the Let's let's do the 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 spooktober, spooktober. spooktober It's our Halloween special. Yeah. <laughs> Halloween isn't over yet because we're still no, no. talking about it. Because we're in Spookvember now. Yeah. Halloween part two. Halloween like spooky boogaloo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe it's electric spookaloo. Electric spookaloo. Ah. Um. So yeah, let's talk. We want to talk about the movies that we watched. What did we watch last Tuesday? Uh, last Tuesday... Did we get together last Tuesday? No, we didn't, because you were helping someone move. That's right, yeah. I was helping somebody move, so instead we did Halloween. We did Halloween instead. Yeah. Um, so... Which we would have done anyway, but yeah. whatever. On Halloween, we watched... We only, only had the time to watch two movies. Three movies. Three movies? We, well, we watched two movies and an episode of Community. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah so we watched we watched two movies on Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one you and I watched, because yes. Elise was not home yet. It was Troll Hunter! It was Troll Hunter! Finally! Finally! Um... So since it's a movie that I'd seen before, yeah. why don't you give your thoughts on it? Uh, so Troll Hunter, it's a movie about a film crew, like their student film crew. It's found footage film, 
and they wind up with the guy who is paid by the Norwegian government to hunt down trolls Mm -hmm. um, when they like leave their natural habitat, basically. Like, so he works for like the, the, I guess the Norwegian equivalent of the department of the interior or something like that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I told thing I told you when we watched it, I feel like it would have worked. Like I remember when this movie came out, there was a lot of buzz around it. A lot of people were saying a lot of really good things about it. Mm -hmm. I was a little bit underwhelmed and it might've been like the case of too much hype. Like I've been hearing so many good things about it for so long. And well, when I finally saw it, it like didn't really live up to that. Maybe. Um, but I think it would have worked better as a short film. Mm-hmm. Cause there's a lot, there are long stretches of this movie where almost nothing happens. Mm-hmm. I think that's just partly the nature of found footage. No, I, cause I don't think that's true. Cause like, in other found footage movies, at least in the good ones, mm. like they are spent like building character and building tension, but it's like none of these characters really undergo much of an arc to speak of. I wouldn't say that's true at all, uh, especially the one that ends up spoilers uh, believing in God. You know, he... no, but he did before. He was just lying about it. Well, did he though? The I, I don't know. The I... the thing that I... Th- so there's went like, back and forth debate about this mm-hmm. in, in, like, comments online about it. So for those unaware, troll mythology is that trolls can smell out and hate the blood of any true-believing Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently, despite the rest of the film taking it and playing it straight like animals, that part's true. Yeah. Um, and so there's one character has, like... the The theories about him is that he had previously been, like, questioning his faith. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when he's asked by by the troll hunter, like, do you believe in Jesus and God? He's like, no, not really. Um, but then, like, he finds that trolls exist. And he finds that trolls are affected by, like, people that believe in faith. Mm-hmm. And the theory is that that kind of triggers in him, like, well, if that's real, then who's to say that Jesus and, and God aren't real? Okay, but if you're going to, I don't know, if you're going to take... If you're going to take that as an arc, which mm. I would well, say it's not much of one. I don't know. It's an arc that happens entirely off camera because that character is the cameraman. Sure. And B, he, spoiler alert again, he dies like a, like halfway through the film mm-hmm. and then isn't brought up again. So if that's the only character that actually has a character arc, like, I, I mean, I don't know. Because I don't feel like the 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 main the titular troll hunter like changes at all. Like he's exactly the same character at the end of the movie as he is at the beginning. Like we maybe could say that the people who are making that film like learn something, but I couldn't tell you what the thing is that they learn mm-hmm. other than trolls exist. <laughs> <laughs> and again, that happens like thirty minutes into the movie, and then we still have an hour with these characters where very little actually happens with them. Um, I think again, if it was like a thirty-minute short, and it was all like, it was all the interviews with the troll hunter, like kind of building up, and like, is he crazy? Is he not? And then you see the trolls, and he beats the troll at the end, and it's like, and that's it. Like if that's if the first if the first half hour of this movie was the movie, I think it'd be really good. Mm. Um, but then it just, and I think like maybe part of that is also like a cultural thing. Like, I don't. I didn't grow up in a culture where trolls are so big of a thing as they are in Norway. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like maybe that's part of it as well. Where maybe. it's like they're, they're spending time to actually like 
explain oh, the if, different types of trolls. Yeah, and what like, if these things were real? Like, how would they behave? Like, what would be the scientific... And, like, maybe if I grew up in that kind of a culture, I'd find it more interesting. So what I, what kind of would be the American equivalent to something I, like I that? I don't know, because I, I don't think that there is one. Like, angels or something. Like <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Like, because they're very... There are very few things... I mean, honestly, probably the closest that we have to it in terms of an American thing, even though it's not at all American, is what we do in the shadows. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, like vampires in the modern day world. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of take the vampire mythology and like kind of shoehorn it in. Like, but it's like incredibly different and it's like very different tonally. So I don't even know if that, that, that works as a comparison. I guess. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it the first time I watched it. I enjoyed it this time around. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe I'm just more willing to put up with long periods of like nothing happening because I'm just, you know, I don't know why. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to put up with long periods of nothing happening in exchange for like something mm -hmm. like, interesting shot compositions like i will i will sit down and i will watch stalker that is three hours of mm -hmm. three guys barely talking sure. and standing around deserted wastelands sure, sure. but the deserted wastelands look gorgeous right. and so i'm fine yeah. um but like i don't know i don't necessarily have a, a good reason like you you yeah. always like have a like a well thought out reason and explanation for why you don't or don't like things yeah i don't always have that no and that's i fair just too. i just enjoy it and and i just I don't think it's a, a great film to experience once. Uh, yeah. And, I, yeah. And, uh, I would say, I mean, I don't necessarily dislike, I, mm -hmm. and I feel like part of it is that I guess found footage is just so played out at this point. Like maybe like everyone has done it. And, and I think if I had seen it when like the movie came out, what in 2008, something, something like that. Like that yeah. I feel like if I saw it in 2008, when it was originally released, maybe I'd feel differently about yeah. it. Cause I saw it like back in high school. And yeah. so it was not like 2008, but it was not long after that. Cause point. it was, yeah. And it would have been and like, I saw it like on YouTube. Someone had ripped it. Yeah. So, and it would have been like, it, I think it probably would have been different when like, like I was watching it when I was watching Marble Hornets. Because if yeah, if two thousand yeah. if it was two thousand eight, then that means that the first Paranormal Activity movie would have just come mm -hmm. out, and so like found footage was having a moment, mm -hmm. and it probably would have been fine in that context. But like when I think about it in terms of like other found footage movies that I've seen, like the original Paranormal Activity, it's like yeah, there's long stretches of that movie where nothing happens, but it's like we're learning about there's there's two characters, and they both have arcs mm -hmm. and they're both like, they're not necessarily people that you want to spend time with, but it's like, I can tell you about their personalities. Mm -hmm. Um, and like I, I could 2010, 2010. Okay. Yeah. So I guess there had been like one or two paranormal yeah. activity movies, released but. in the U S in January of 2011. Right. Uh, but still it would, it, the point still remains that it's like, it was in the midst of that. And like all those movies were coming out and it is a little bit unique in that sense, I suppose. But like looking back at it, like from retrospect um, in terms of we're pretty much done with found footage horror movies, I think at this point in time. And it's like the good ones kind of work for a lot of the same reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like it does some of those things, but it's like, I don't know. It has an interesting premise, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, and I, like I said, I feel like I would feel differently about it maybe if I if I lived in that culture. But as it was, I don't know. It, I feel like it overstayed its welcome. For me, I think it's kind of the best yeah. way I can describe it. 
ah, I liked it. I liked the idea of the like the government cover up and like mm-hmm. how this entire country is patrolled by this one set upon guy. That's like, and 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 like I like, it's got weird like comedic moments to it that I find charming. Yeah. Um, where it's like. This one guy is in charge of the entire troll population in Norway, and this film crew keeps bugging him, and he's like, fine, fuck it. I don't get paid enough for this shit anyway. Just tag along if you want. Um, and, and then, like, they have this weird, like, Polish comedy troupe that shows up. Yeah, that was bizarre. <laughs> like, I feel like I should have been offended by that scene. Um, uh, the other thing that I was like... The- the movie raises a lot of questions and then doesn't bother, like, spending time. Like, if you're going to go for the whole, like, oh, these things are scientific and we can explain them, then, like, explain them. Yeah. Like, some of the things get explained. And, like, a lot of those explanations, like, don't make any sense if you think about it for three seconds. <laughs> like what? Like, the, like, why do trolls turn to stone? Well, it's because their bones calcify. Cal- it says something, but, I mean, they talk about, like, vitamin D from the sun. And it's like... <laughs> You don't actually get vitamin D from the sun. Like, that's not exactly... That's, like, that's a common misconception, but that's not actually what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, like, just... I don't know. If you think about it for ten seconds, it doesn't actually make sense, but it's, like, they're at least trying. Mm-hmm. But then it's, like, they explicitly bring up, like, when the new camera person shows up and she's Muslim, and it's, like, can they smell Muslims? It's, like, I don't know. We'll find out. And then we never find out! Well, apparently not, because it doesn't, like, beeline on their location. I guess, but, like, I don't know. It was weird. It's a weird, like, why did you bring it up if you weren't going to address it at all? And you never see that character on screen again, because yeah. she's the camera person. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I, it was it was good. It was, it was fine. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not sad that I watched it. I just feel like... Based of almost like a decade now of being told how great this movie is, and then watching it, it's like, yeah, it's it's okay. So go know. back in time and watch go it. Back damn it! Time and watch it. Have know. it have it in your memory and your nostalgia hole, so that we can share this fun time together. And our... <laughs> God, okay. Uh, but then we watched a movie together, the three of us. Yes. So we watched. Uh, what was it? Return to the Living Return Dead. Return to the Living, Living Dead. Dead. Um, so you'd seen this before. Yes, this is one of uh, my favorites. Had you seen this before, Elise? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and I had not seen it. So, Return of the Living Dead. Not of the... Uh, Night of the Living Dead. Not exactly. Not exactly. But related to it, kind weirdly. Of. Yes. Um, it, I th- it is probably one of my favorite excuses to, like, have a sequel to something ever. Yeah. A sequel to a thing that you don't have the rights necessarily to have a sequel to, or yeah. kind of do. It's weird. Um, but basically, like... What if the events in Night of the Living Dead were, like, a fictional account of a real thing that happened? Yes. And then a shipping error mixed up, and these... The corpses from the original event wound up in this, like, shitty medical supply warehouse. And, like, where is it? It's Dayton, right? I can't remember. No, it's not Dayton. No, it's Louisville. Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky, Kentucky, yeah. yeah. And then this, like, weirdly eclectic group of of teens... (laughs) Yeah. Like, meet up in the, um... In the, the cemetery. Nearby cemetery. Yeah. So, so this area's got a cemetery. It's got a, a, a medical, medical supply warehouse and a crematorium. Well, yeah, well, it's, like, it's, it's a, a funeral it's, parlor. Yeah. Parlor. And so these kind of three settings, uh, and through bumbling, mm-hmm. the corpse juice gets released. The corpse, yeah. <laughs> the corpse survivors. Yeah. 
and uh, it gets spread out and wakes up a corpse, which is then, you know, hijinks ensue, and those hijinks lead to apocalyptic proportions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had not seen it before. Elise had not seen it before. Um, what did you think? Yeah, because, you know... Because, you know, <laughs> 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 like, my thoughts... My thoughts on it were like, all right, this is this is like more more comedy than I'm used to in a yeah. in a in a yeah. zombie movie. Um, whereas I I really liked uh, Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead. Oh yeah, uh, but I haven't seen like Day of the Dead yet. Day of the Dead's pretty good. This too. is apparently where the whole thing of brains comes from. Mm-hmm. Apparently, zombies before that were just flesh eaters. Yep. Um, but these zombies are like weirdly intelligent and somewhat slapstick ensuing. I don't know uh, how I thought about that. Uh, what what did you kind of glean from it? Or do you remember uh, it at all? Uh, or did you not care? I just like I, I don't know. Like there's very few horror movies that I enjoy, mm-hmm. and most of the time the horror movies that I do enjoy are horror comedies. Yeah, but like I just didn't feel like the the humor landed for me. Mm-hmm. So I just overall just didn't like it. Yeah, I uh, I like the slapstick in this movie. I think the the when the first corpse gets re- like gets woken up, mm-hmm. yeah, and they're like, well, in the movie, all you had to do was like take off their head or like destroy the brain, and so they try doing that, and the the, the corpse just starts screaming, <laughs> and so it's like this like trial and error, like okay, well, how do we kill this thing? Yeah. It turns out you can't. You no. just like <laughs> although although they do burn it. You, they do a bit burn that it, makes and that it just worse. causes more trouble. That makes it worse. So it's very dark comedy. It is like it's not like I don't know. I, it's it's all it's a series of events that could have been stopped by the characters just like like even before the film starts, just like being intelligent about something. Yeah. But they weren't, and yeah. so now we're stuck with this. It's it's Evil Dead if it were directed by the Coen brothers. I think is probably the best way to think about this movie. Maybe. It's like, it's burn after reading with zombies. <laughs> yeah, but I liked burn after re- reading. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like uh, it's... It is a certain taste. Like, mm-hmm. it definitely is. Like, because I don't think I thought much of it after my first viewing... But then it's like, I started thinking about it again. Mm-hmm. It's like, God, I kind of want to watch that movie again. <laughs> so, like, the more times I've seen it, I feel like the more I've enjoyed it. Whereas, like, with Evil Dead, like, I think the first time I watched Evil Dead, I just went back to the beginning and started it again. Uh-huh. Like, that that was a very different, like, viewing experience. Now, there were a few kind of things that we kind of thought through while we were watching it, which mm-hmm. was about the skeletons that you hadn't considered. Yeah. So like little little nitpick, but yeah, the um, skeletons don't the, the skeletons in the medical supply warehouse don't come back to life. But we do see other skeletons. Yeah, other yeah. skeletons come back to life. Like these solid in half dogs come back to life. Yeah, but they mentioned early on about how all of these skeletons have perfect teeth, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, well, what if these aren't real skeletons? They're just like models that they're trying to pass off as real skeletons. Yeah, um, even you know. Just a thought, but that's that's all I can really contribute to this is because like the rest of it was it's magical corpse juice, magical corpse made juice by the, made by some com- chemical company. Yeah. Um, but it like didn't take itself too seriously, no. and so I don't know if I could really 
like like I'll say this. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the experience. I'm glad I watched it. But it's not really a film that I'd probably want to watch again. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Um uh, at least you didn't you didn't care for it? Meh. Sorry. No, it's I don't fine. know. I just I mean I don't like horror horror films in general. Um so they either have to be like really good or really funny. Mm-hmm. Um and I felt like it was just neither. Uh I feel like it's I again, it's got a very like specific kind of humor that I feel like it's going for. Like I love the the line about like, you know, with the send more paramedics send more cops where they're just like the zombies are just laying traps for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, the very like matter of fact phone call at the end where they finally call the, the, the emergency number on the side of the tin. Yeah. And the guy just like blows up Louisville. <laughs> like that's the solution. I mean, at that point, yeah, if yeah. they had called him earlier, like when it was just, no, the first it probably course. would have been the exact same thing. I don't the... know because like they were, he asked the question, like how many Yeah. And then wrote down something else. Yeah. So like, I think if the, the answer had been like, all right, the first corpse woke up. And they hadn't burned it yet, but they had cut it up and, like, restrained it. And then they called the number. I think at that point, it would have been salvageable. They could have, like, had somebody come in, taken it away, put it back in the corpse pile in the the corpse uh, bottle. And I think at that point, things could have still been salvageable. But after they burned it, that's when the contingencies for nuking Louisville came in. And that just made things ten times worse. Uh, But, yeah. I don't know. It's a movie. Yeah. I And I think the movie overall, like the star of the movie is Trash. Mm-hmm. Trash is great. Um, played by uh, Linnea Quigley. Uh, who I'm just looking at her IMDb page right now. She's been in 160 something movies and all of them are horror. <sighs> um, so starting with 1975's Psycho from Texas. Uh death sports the cult classic tourist trap uh don't go near the park graduation day uh the original silent night deadly night uh this movie return of the living dead uh she's also in uh the other movie that i feel like is kind of the the other version of this which is uh night of the demons which we have not watched yet but i think that we should watch that one as well uh, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, The Dream Master. Uh, it just the list goes on and on and on. She also did a, uh, a an aerobics video in like the late '80s or early '90s. That was like the the Linnea Quigley like horror workout. Mm-hmm. Like... And speaking of aerobics videos, <laughs> yeah, we also or, although watched... although we did watch uh, before we get onto that, we did watch the community episode. Yeah, which which is basically it's kind of a parody of Return of the Living Dead, like some parts of it, but then there are other pa- parts that are parodies of like Alien, and there's other parts that are like uh, other zombie movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the the community uh, Halloween specials. Mm-hmm. I think that those are probably some of the best like short form horror comedies. Um, which is what you would recommend, which is what, right. Yeah. Or was that something that you brought up? Oh, I re- Yeah. I recommended that we watch it because it was like, I, as I was watching it, I kept forgetting how much of the, uh, that community special is kind of 
from that, like in terms of the the tins of misplaced secret government materials right. with the number on the side, mm-hmm. and then you call it, and they show up, and they're planning on killing everybody, but then things, in this, in the case of Community, things turn out okay, mm-hmm. so... But um, speaking of aerobics videos, yeah. Speaking of aerobics videos, we it was surprising how much uh, aerobics videos played into this particular movie. I was not expecting that. Um, but we watched a movie that I has been on my to watch list for literal years now, um, which is uh, Under the Shadow. Mm-hmm. So, a- Alex, do you want to explain Under the Shadow? So, Under the Shadow is an Iranian film. Uh, set during the Iran-Iraq War, where this um, this family lives in this apartment complex, and it's basically the prim- the the primary character is this woman. I, I unfortunately forget her name. I can't remember her name. I'll, uh, I'll look it up. But uh, she wanted to be a doctor before the revolution. Got involved in politics, and now after the revolution, is barred from going back to university. Uh, so she's really bummed about that, and to say the least, she's got this girl, this young kid, uh, who has been having, like, nightmares, and, uh, of course, Shade, yeah, so Shade's kid has got these nightmares, and the husband has to go away because he's drafted, he's a doctor, so he's drafted to be, like, a medic for the war, and it's set in Tehran, and at this time, uh, Iraq starts firing missiles at Tehran, um, and a missile hits their apartment and doesn't explode. <laughs> because Saddam Hussein has personally put a djinn into, into this, this missile. Yeah, yes. no, that's probably not exactly what happens, but but basically the 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 family has started to be haunted by a djinn. In fact, the whole com- complexes and people start leaving. And the idea of the djinn or the genie, if you're not from the area, um. It's not no, because the no. genie is definitely like a westernized version of this. Jins are like very different. It's genie is like the western interpretation of gin. right. But I mean, like when people, I I, I get what you're mm-hmm. saying, but I like I want to make the. Make it is. The it is not. It is not. It's Disney's not Robin Aladdin. Williams. No, <laughs> it is not Robin Williams genie. It is like like because like the uh, people. People know what a genie is, like, outside of Aladdin, like, don't they? I mean, it's either that or the 1960s thing. That's, that's what I'm like, saying. People like, have read, like, a hun- what is it, 101? And... Yeah, 1001 I don't nights. believe that anyone is actually... No, I know that people have read it. Yeah. Like... Anyway, whatever the case may be, it is seems to be a spirit of wind that uh, haunts conflicted minds and... Uh, it really the the kind of crux of it is that this doll goes missing. Yeah. Uh, the kid's doll, and when the jinn takes possession of someone's you know treasured object, treasured, yeah. Um, then it kind of has possession of them or control over them. Uh, so basically, the war is getting closer and closer, and things are getting mm-hmm. worse and worse. But they can't leave because they can't find this girl's doll. Mm-hmm. And basically, as they start to realize, like at first, it's oh, Jin aren't real; they're just from fairy mm-hmm. tale. Like kind of a lot like Troll Hunter, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I found this way more interesting, and in mm-hmm. that it, like because they kind of set up the rules. And I love it when a horror movie kind of establishes the rules for the horror. And then, like, kind of sticks to it and then, like, ramps up the stakes as it go, goes along. 
So, like, I'll, I'll give you an example of what I mean with this. Where it's like, okay, so if they have your thing, then they can do whatever they want. And so it's like, oh, shit, well, this... They have, they clearly have this girl's doll mm-hmm. because they've looked all over the apartment. They can't find it. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, the war is getting closer and you're hearing on the news. Like, yeah, they're, they're the, the international news is saying that like, you know, Tehran's about to fall. The husband keeps calling and is like saying, okay, well we're like, you should have left, you should have left by now. Yeah. They can't leave because they can't find this doll. Yeah. Um, and at one point, like, this this woman has, like, this contraband aerobics video yep. that she, like, every time she's stressed out, she watches this aerobics, she does the aerobics. Like, that's that's the thing. When she's stressed out, she watches Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda, yeah, exactly. And, and she, like, just kind of chills out to that. Um, and she finds that destroyed. Uh, and, like, you know, at first it's, like, blaming the daughter, but, like, doesn't really accuse her of it because the daughter's going through some shit already. Um but, like, it turns out that's not truly her truest prize's possession. Yes. Which is this medical textbook that she had locked away in a cupboard um, when she was denied, you know, going back to university. Mm-hmm. So uh, she kind of, you know, that's that's her prized possession, whereas the doll is the, for the girl. Um, and... It goes, it goes back and forth where like it takes its for me it like takes its time yeah to actually establish that the gin is real yeah I, I appreciated that mm-hmm. because it is like there is a little bit of a question about is it just that the stress is getting like is the daughter just sick and mm-hmm. now the stress is getting to the because they establish early on that like maybe she's not the best mother. Like there's some question about like whether or not she even wanted to have this kid Mm -hmm. or that she's blaming this kid for like now that she kind of left medical school to be a mother and now she can't go back. Um, It kind of reminded me a little bit of the Babadook in that respect where like the, the horror elements are like taking a back seat to this like family drama Mm -hmm. but like when the horror shows up it's like no this is a horror movie yeah um and it is oh man like what i was saying earlier with um with with troll hunter where it's like give me some interesting shot composition Mm -hmm. which is kind of hard to do with a found footage movie but god like there were some parts of this where like I was just like, whoa, that was just an amazing shot. <laughs> like the dream sequence yeah. that they have fairly early on where the mother has a nightmare. It, it is so simple, but they're just three really good shots yeah. back to back to back. And I think my favorite of it, the thing that kind of made me sit up and pay attention was it's, you know, the, the young daughter comes into the room um, saying that she's had a nightmare and so the mother kind of takes the girl into her arms and starts rocking back and forth with her. But the camera's not stationary. The camera's rocking back and forth in the same mm-hmm. way. So we're moving with yep. them. Um, which was nice because it mimics when she first wakes up in bed. The camera she, the, pans with the her. The camera pans with her like when she first degrees. sits up. Yeah. And then when she realizes she had a nightmare... She wakes up and the camera stays stationary. Yeah. So she's like at this, like the camera stops moving with her. Mm-hmm. And it's like those three shots. I'm like this, like whoever did the cinematography for this movie is an absolute genius. Mm-hmm. Like those three shots by themselves, like that <laughs> sold the movie for me. Yeah. Um, the other one that I really loved, uh, 
And I think you missed it. Like, I think you looked away. Mm. And I was like, holy shit. And then when you looked up, you were like, what? And you completely missed what it was. Because there's a moment towards the end where you're, like, they've established this Jen Israel. They've established this shit is actually happening. And there's just this wide shot of this room where the mother and daughter are. And in the door, there's a figure of a person who, like, as soon as you realize that person's there, they run away. And I was like, oh! (laughs) That kind of shit gets me so bad. Yeah. Like, because that is... It's so unsettling and so realistic at the same time where it's like your br- like as long as as soon as it takes your brain to recognize that you saw something it's gone. Mm-hmm. And that's so something that could actually happen to you and be nothing. Mm-hmm. But then like when you see it in a movie like this or like and I I, I think I talked about this when I re- oh, watched Hereditary a while back. But, like, there's a shot in Hereditary that's, like, very similar, where it's, like, a very dark room, and you're seeing the main character, because the main character is kind of lit, but then as your eyes kind of adjust to the shot, which is kind of, it lingers on this shot for a long time, you notice another character in the background, someplace where they, like, could not physically be, and it's just, like... Oh, no, I don't feel good now. Mm -hmm. No, thank you. Now, this film did not end the way I thought it was going to end. Oh, that ending was really ambiguous. So, we're going to go ahead and go to spoiler territory. I don't think we have anything else to talk about after this. Um, So, unless you wanted to talk about the Has Been Hotel thing, but we've already gone in for an hour and a half. We should probably talk about that. Or do you not want to talk about that? <laughs> At least doesn't want to talk about that. <laughs> it right. is getting kind of it's getting very. It is kind of kind of late, and we do have to do something afterwards. Yeah. So yeah, we can we can put that off. Although it's topical now, but that's okay. I uh, mean, we can talk about it. I guess. I have very little to say about it. I know you do, and that's unfortunate. But, uh, you know, it, it's fine. We'll talk about we're talking about this right now. Yeah. Um, so the ending. Yeah. So the ending, I was thinking, and so spoilers for the ending. I was thinking, they, they established that the child is kind of assuming that the lair of the djinn is in the fourth story apartment, which is where the missile actually came through the ceiling. Yeah. Um, and it killed this old man by heart attack. Yeah. It didn't explode. It just kind of dudded. Um, and so she establishes that she, she believes that the doll is in that room. Yes. And it's kind of established that, like, that's the lair of the djinn. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking, it's like, okay, uh, as, as the movie goes on, people start, like, leaving the apartment. Like, the, the landlord just kind of ups and leaves. And, like, every, like, they're the only two people left in this big building, which, mm-hmm. for me, that's pretty scary stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I'm thinking, okay, well, the room, building is abandoned. No one's going to stop from, from breaking into that apartment to steal back the doll. And they'll find spooky shit in there, and then they'll escape with their lives. Right. But that's not what happens. No, that's they, not what happens. They don't actually, it doesn't come to their mind to try breaking into that room. Or if they do, they don't actually get a chance to act on it. Um, because what ends up happening is, like, the the woman ends up, like, making a deal with the djinn to, like, give the doll back if, like, like take take me and, and you know, give her back. That take kind of thing. me! Take me instead. And so, like, the djinn says, okay. And, uh... She opens up the like locked closet, the locked little drawer where she'd kept her medical textbook. Yeah. And in it is the doll that had been, and it's been like disassembled and yeah. it's been like decapitated and, and torn apart. 
and the the kid is like accusing her of like dismembering it and killing it and she's like i'll fix it i'll fix it don't worry i'm a doctor um and then she pulls out the duct tape and the duct tape is symbolic, symbolic. yep the dick tape the duct tape is the symbolism of her attempts to kind of tie her marriage back together and tie her life back together with like the superficial tape that she keeps like putting on the the windows to keep them from exploding um and it's like Okay, that's that's good. That's good. That's good uh, symbolism right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, they they've okay. We've got the doll back. I've got my medical textbook, but you know what? That's fine. We need to get out of here. And as soon as they're like they're about to leave, and then the the bombs start falling again. So like, okay, we're gonna go down to the basement for a bit. The bombs will fall, and then we're gonna leave. And then the gin is like, okay, well you're mine now, so yeah. I'm gonna take you. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and, like, the, the mom barely escapes with her, her life or her soul, I guess, or whatever. Um, and they, they have to leave. Like, they, they break out of the, the garage with the car, but they leave the doll's head. Like, the doll's head came off, and it's Mm. still downstairs. And the book is still upstairs. And, like, because, like, the hole in the roof had just been tarped over. And so you see, like, the, the, the medical textbook is still in there. And they're driving away to the country to their in-laws. And it's like, and that's where it ends. Like, it cuts to black. And so it's like, well, that doesn't solve anything. The djinn is just going to follow you, maybe? Maybe, but it's like, it it, it does like, so, bring up the question of, do they still value those things anymore? So yeah. when, I said, when I said that the ending was ambiguous, that's mm-hmm. what I meant, is because do they, through this, have they learned to value each other? Because the mother-daughter relationship even before the whole the gin shit started happening mm-hmm. was clearly very strange. Yeah. Like she, cl- the daughter clearly had a closer relationship with her father. Yeah. Um, and so like, do they learn to value each other to the point where now those things are just things Maybe. and they can like move on from those parts of it with them, with each other. Like I, I, I didn't get that. Like, like, Maybe that's that. That's an impression that I hadn't considered. Yeah, uh, I had thought that this was like the bad ending. Yeah, where it's I like, mean, maybe, you know. it, but it could be. Uh-huh. Like that's the thing is like we don't know because yeah. it, it does end. It rem- it shows us those things. Yeah, because we don't know at first that the the doll is missing the head. Mm-hmm. Like because she almost forgets it and then she picks it up and it's like oh thank God, but then like it cuts back and you see the head lying on the stairs and then you see the book still like in the the fourth floor apartment, which I don't understand what, cause she sees that that book is there. Yeah. I guess it's because she made the deal. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I think she, no, they get up on the roof. Yeah. Yeah. And they get up on the roof and they see, cause like they see this flapping. Cause the gin yeah. takes the form of like this cloaked woman. Like you don't see any faces, just the cloak. And so they see this, this cloak like flapping around in the outside. Yeah. And it turns out partly it's the gin, but partly it's the tarp that got blown off. And so, like, she goes up on the roof to see that and then looks into the the room that has the big hole and there's the book. So she yeah. does actually see that. Yeah, that's um, what I'm saying. That what, So mm-hmm. she knew the book was there, so why didn't she make an attempt to get it? Like, yeah. That's, I didn't understand that part. Yeah, that's 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 the point where you're like, okay, we'll go down and get it. But yeah. No. Um, but that's what made me think that, like, she no longer really valued it. Like, now it was just about, like, helping her daughter. So, like, now, like, the book has no more power. Maybe. And, like, the doll head maybe has no more power. But it's, like, it's very ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Um, because of where it ends. Is they both kind of look miserable, but it might just be, you know, they're fucking exhausted. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I, I really liked it. That movie was really good. Mm-hmm, it was. Um, beautifully shot. Wonderfully. Like, even, like, the little girl is a really good actor. Like, mm-hmm. she... She carries half that movie. <laughs> and she does it really well. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And there's lots of parts where there could have been some cheap jump scares that they just don't do it. The, there's really only that one where you see the fake daughter under the bed. Mm-hmm. Like, that was really the only, like, cheap jump scare, I thought. Um, but most of the other is just, like, most of the rest of it is just unsettling. Like, I love the part... Well, oh, there was where, that where, where, like, the djinn, like, locks her out of her apartment, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I really like... the other, One of the other shots that I really loved was the one where after, after she finds the, the aerobics tape, and it's... So she's just doing the routine, like, in front of the turned-off television set. Yeah. And you're seeing their reflection. Mm-hmm. And, like, she's clearly just really pissed off. Uh-huh. And the daughter comes into the room and is just, like, stand... Like, you see her... Like, the whole thing is done from the reflection of the blank television screen. That was, like, really cool. Mm-hmm. And I was expecting something spooky to happen, and then it just doesn't. Yeah, same. There's a lot of, like, the, those moments in the movie where it's like, oh, and if this were a, if this were a cheap horror movie, there would be a bad jump stare, scare with an orchestral sting here. And then they just they just did it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know. Yeah. I liked how it played with our expectations that way. Yeah. So right. I think let's let's just t- kind of touch on Hasbin because you don't have a lot to say about it. Okay. You don't seem to have a lot to say about it at least. Uh, I think we were both we kind of talked about it um, very briefly after you left, which was okay. we were sort of both of the opinion that it was like peak two thousand four edge humor yeah Um, it was happy tree friends it was it was i mean just i did not care for it to an extent um the film has been in development hell for five years so like it was like they started working on it in 2014 yeah but that's still like 10 years late for some of the jokes that they were making in that maybe um the the re i i watched it twice you know once with you and once before and I'm not sure about the jokes. Like, the jokes maybe kind of fell flat a little bit, but I did like the concept of, like, a person who's, you know, the princess of hell. Yeah. Who's trying to reform all of these people that don't really have redeeming qualities. And, like, yeah, the humor is a little juvenile. The The art style is very... It's very much of that time, and it's very yeah. much kind of, like, internet of the early 2000s, or late... I'd say late 2000s, to be honest. Um... But, you know, dang it, I, I kind of do want to see more of it, to be honest. Uh, I mean, you're allowed to like what you like. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I don't think either of us. Yeah. But there's been a bunch, but like, but like that's, that's the thing, is that a lot of people have had divergent opinions about it. Because mm. like some people on the internet have been saying like, it's a bunch of um, cheap gags. And it's a bunch of like terrible characters that are like terrible people, which... Mm. A lot of the people would argue that's the point. Um, and then some people have said that, like, the character dynamics of people like Angel Dust and the other characters, like, steal the show. Um, but, you know, honestly, it's something that you do... I would say that people should watch for themselves to kind of judge for themselves. And if you don't like it, that's valid. But if you do like it, check it out. 
Um, I don't know. I don't really have a whole lot to add. Uh, our friends that play we play D&D with, they had watched it, and they seemed to really like it. Um, and they told me to watch it, and I did. And so I wouldn't say that I'm, like, obsessed with it, but it is something that I wouldn't mind seeing it developed into a full series. I don't know. I had a hard time sitting through half an hour of it, honestly. I know you did. I know you did. Like, halfway through, the two of you were just, like, completely uninterested. Yeah. Um, like, I tried. I gave it a shot, and it was just, like... And, I found the, the animation's not bad, but something about it, like just, it was really off-putting to me. Mm. Like not even the way the characters looked. Cause I thought some of the z- designs were kind of neat. Yeah. The just, designs are cool. The, the, the way it was animated, it was just like, I don't know. It was, I think it was like, it, it kind of reminds me of like the new, like the latest, my little pony sh- like show. Where it's like the animation, like just something about the animation just doesn't look good to me. Mm, I haven't seen the latest well, seasons, so. Well, no, but I mean like the the whatever the one that just ended, like the, that series oh, the, as a whole. That series as a whole, yeah. you didn't you didn't like the animation? No, I just find it, it it's something about like, I don't know, like the digitized I, kind of. I animation. didn't find anything wrong. I with wasn't it. bothered by the animation. I was just I was bothered by the writing. Yeah, the writing. And I, I think the part that like, and the humor. The part that I really didn't like about the animation. I think the the one that the shots that like really displeased me the most was like there's a part where she's just like saying stuff and they have her get up from where she was sitting and then move to a crowd. So it's like we're going to show off. Like, it's busy. It's very busy mm-hmm. is what I guess I'm going for. Is what I'm saying about that. The characters are, like, overly designed. I wouldn't and say all the characters the, are like... overly designed, but they're overly animated. Like, they do. Mm-hmm. They they can't just say something. They've got to be doing, like, five things as they're talking. Maybe that's yeah. why it took five years to make. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. But like, just, and just, like, I, I don't know. I am really sick of the, like, troll for trolls sake character mm-hmm. trope that keeps popping up and like so the character the one character who was like oh like I bet you hate it when people are sexist I bet you hate me being a misogynist right now and it's like yeah everybody fucking hates that it's mm-hmm. 2019 mm-hmm. yeah like stop yeah well like I said you know? it, it reminded but... me a lot of like happy tree friends where it's like the idea is like oh but there, this one person so like looks so sweet, but it, they're in hell, oh, and that's the joke. Yeah, <laughs> that's the premise. I don't know. I feel like when I saw Little Nikki when I was in middle school, that was an original idea. But now, like thirty years later, it's like well, it's been many, twenty years. It's like I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's not. I don't know. It no. does. It, it it should appeal to me. It could, like it, like there are things like that that do appeal to me, and I knew a lot of people who were really into Happy Tree Friends in like high school and college, and I just I never understood like why anyone would want to watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah. But has been hotel not for everybody, but you know, see if you'd like it or not. All right, so I think that's uh, that's a that's, pretty solid yeah. episode right there. Compared to our, our last few, we certainly had a lot to talk about this time around. We certainly did. Um, so thank you all for listening, everybody. Uh, my name is Alex. Nick. I'm Elise. And we are Some Nerds Have a Podcast. And you all have a wonderful night.